It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jazz here, and I'm jiving to this episode of Transformation Animation featuring Mike Blanchard, Stephen C. Phillips, and Michael Wilson. Hello, and welcome to episode one of Transformation Animation Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Steve, Joe, and Mike, and joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello. Hello. And Pecan Court Michael. Hello. Hey, how's it going? It's going. So what's uh, what's going on with you, Steve? Mm, Nothing, really. Just got a bunch of DVDs. Cool. True. True. Uh, Dark of the Moon came out. Steve and I have not had a chance to see it yet, but Michael, uh, your wife surprised you this afternoon, didn't she? She did. She did. <laughs> she uh, she actually said, "Hey, we're going to see Transformers," and you know that's why I love her. She's the best. <laughs> she she really is. I didn't expect to be seeing this until uh, Sunday at the earliest because we've got plans and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, she really came through, and and uh, I saw it, and I, I enjoyed it. It uh, was uh, thankfully not spoiled for me by everyone on Twitter, and I, I won't spoil anybody here. <laughs> uh, let's see, what have I been up to? Um, the same, you know, getting getting the podcast stuff going, uh, getting MWire going back up, and uh, and getting this started. Uh, so I think that uh, without any further ado, we're going to get into it. What we're going to be talking about today is the movie premiere, which is what they 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 tagged it as, they they promoted it as of Transformers animated Transform and Rollout. Prowl, Ratchet, everyone all right? Bulkhead, Bumblebee, report. Sorry, my bad. 
know what? You're even uglier from this angle. Everyone in position for a concentrated attack on my signal. Prowl, no! Wait for my signal! Okay, the decoy was a nice touch, but once again, a little warning would have helped. Would it kill you, boss, to say something like, heads up, or I don't know, watch out, or incoming! That's right, and it is time to synopsize, transform, and roll out. Basically, you have a small space bridge repair crew consisting of Optimus Prime, an idealistic former Autobot Academy uh, leader. Bumblebee, a small but uh, smart hotshot. God, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> He's hotshot. That's I so know. true. I know. Bulkhead, a large wrecking ball-wielding worker, Prowl, a ninja-like loner, and a grumpy Cybertronian war veteran in Medic Ratchet find the AllSpark amongst the meteors when clearing a space bridge in an asteroid field, but very soon they also find a ship of Decepticons looking for them. Heading back to Cybertron, their supreme commander, Ultra Magnus, is unconcerned with the threat of the Decepticons, but tells them not to play, not to be playing at heroes at all. The Decepticons, led by Megatron, attack to claim the AllSpark, but Megatron has an enemy in his own crew. This is Starscream, who strives to hold a post of the Decepticon leader, as usual. Uh, basically, Starscream blows Megatron up. They crash land on Earth. Some young inventor dude finds Megatron and then builds a robotic empire. Uh, Fifty years later, the Detroit... Metro Police or whatever it is, the uh, Sundex uh, nanobots have created this super horrible monster, and uh, SWAT teams are ineffective. Part of the nanobots get into Omega Supreme. Oh, oops, sorry, spoiler. Uh, I mean the Ark, uh, and reactivate Dude, the Autobots. You suck at this. <laughs> You, you suck at this, I know. Scott. I know, I know, I know. Because I'm not actually reading it anymore, damn it. Uh, <laughs> just, just read it. Just no, sake. no, no, no. Break open the wiki and just read it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then Starscream shows up again. All-out battle happens for the AllSpark. They meet Sari, who a lot of the fans hated at first. Uh, they defeat Starscream and end up being heroes again. And the episode ends with them repairing bridges on Earth. They come full circle. Yes. <laughs> now, the main thing that we need to bring up first and foremost before we get into any of our thoughts is the voice cast, the main voice cast. Uh, you have David Kay as Optimus Prime, Bumper Robinson as uh, Bumblebee, Corey Burton as Ratchet, Jeff Bennett as Prowl, I'm just going to say Patrick from Spongebob as Bulkhead, because I cannot pronounce Bill's last name. I just can't. <laughs> Bill 
Vager Bucky? Yeah, I think that's it. Uh, Corey Burton plays Megatron. Uh, Tom Kenny plays Starscream. David Kay plays Lugnut. Bumper Robinson plays Blitzwing. Black Arachnia is done by Chris Summer. Tara Strong does Sorry. And Isaac Sumdak is also done by Tom Kenny. Steve, what do you think of the main cast as far like, specifically the characters and how the voice actors, do you think that that David Kay does a good Optimus or does David not even, should it be, should it have been somebody else to do Optimus? Uh, I think he did pretty well in his own right, being that this is supposed to be a whole new continuity, for one, and two, this is a young Prime, not a uh, Orion Pax gone Prime. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's a completely different uh, circumstance. So he's actually having to grow into that leader role uh, gradually throughout the entire series. Do you have a favorite out of the main cast so far, just from this first pilot? Um, I pretty much took to... I was a little off-put by Prime to begin with, but I think that was just because it was different. Uh, just a whole different look. But I, I definitely liked Prime. Uh, Optimus, that is. Mm-hmm. Being that there's more than one Prime in this series. Uh, yeah. I also liked uh, Megatron. Corey Burton did a great job doing his own Megatron in this. It's an almost a nice blend between kind of a G1 and Beast Wars. I mean, it's his own his own spin on it, but I mean, like in terms of how he portrayed the character. Right. Yeah. And I liked uh, Ratchet just for being a cranky old grumpy guy. <laughs> and I think pretty much the 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 last one I'd have to say is Starscream, and that's because. Tom Kenny pretty much nailed the character's voice and uh, actions on the head. Yeah. Probably the closest we got to uh, Chris Lada in a long time. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I'd have to say those four are pretty much my favorites. What about you, Michael? Do you have any favorites? or And we'll get to least favorites here in a moment because I think we can all agree on who the least favorite character is. We can. Uh, I think. Uh, <laughs> but do you have any favorites out of the main cast here? Uh, you know, at this point, it, it's hard not to like them all. I mean, in an ensemble cast, you usually have like one or two where it's like, ooh, I really like that one. But here, I think they're, they're all equally likable. Um, I think Prowl doesn't get nearly enough screen time as, as the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll fix that a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, I have to agree with Steve about you know Starscream, and that uh, Tom Kenny really nailed that character. Uh, and when I say nailed it, I mean he he updated the G1 character just enough, so so we I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, he gave proper fan wink and then then some. Exactly. Yeah. No, it was it was definitely Starscream. Uh, I I was actually thinking that that uh, this Starscream sounds a lot like. Uh, the Starscream in Transformers Prime. No, they're two extremely different. Uh, I don't know. Like this one is more comical because this is Tom Kenny. It's 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 sinister, but yeah. it's it's to me it's way more comical. Whereas Steve's Blo- Steve Bloom's version of Starscream in Transformers Prime dark, 
he is all the way dark. I mean, he is as dark as you can get. I mean, this Transformers Prime Starscream is nothing compared to this one because that one is he constantly has plans. There's no real like there's not a lot of humor. There's some like in the episode where he lost his arm and knockout said, "Oh, how about a null ray?" You know, I mean there's comedy like that, but yeah. that character in Prime is so much darker than this one. I, I don't know. I, I seem to find myself laughing at the uh, Prime Starscream a lot. Maybe more <laughs> than other people, I guess. I don't know. But uh, no, I, I like all the characters. I I think I uh, emphasize more with Ratchet. <laughs> He's just, just a grumpy old man. Yeah. That uh, and, and Ratchet, I think he kind of... They almost kind of foreshadow that he's almost kind of tied into the original G1 at points. I, I, I'd all, like to bring that up later, to be honest. But uh, I, see, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, But no, I like them all. And I... You know, especially like uh, Terra Strong, Asari, and I know that some people may not like the Sari character, but I, I just listening to it, you hear Terra, and it's hard not to not to love Terra. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I said a second ago. I think we can all agree on who who the least favorite character is, but for me, right off the bat, least favorite is Bumblebee. Really. I cannot stand how arrogant he is. <laughs> I I just cannot stand the characterization that they've started him off with. Like, it's, I was gonna say it's Beast Boy. Yeah, it's a big yellow Beast Boy. That's uh, at least he has a voice. Okay, well, that was okay. <laughs> he Technically, talks, yeah. I mean, <laughs> can't brush him too much. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, when I first saw this series, and even watching it back now, I just, re- you know, it, it, it's great that he has a voice. It's great that, you know, back in 2007, in December, when this came out, because I think this came out right after the movie did, um, the first movie, uh, I'm glad that they went ahead and gave him a voice and didn't you know, do what they're doing now with everything. Oh, Bumblebee doesn't need a voice. He doesn't need to talk. We don't need to pay voice actors. What are those? You know, um, but I'm, I'm glad they gave him a voice. I just don't like the characterization. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I would rather him be the young rambunctious character. You know, I'd rather have him be the, the, the hotshot, right? Uh, than kind of what they have now. All right, well, when I say yeah. what they have now with me, it's like it's kind of like the the Bumblebee, and I'm going back to Prime here. I'm going back to the movies. Bumblebee is not your small, you know, peppy scout character. He's on par with one of the Wreckers, where he just runs in and destroys everything that moves. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's what Bumblebee should be. I think uh, this character embodies. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. What Bumblebee should be. He's kind of, again, short, peppy. Uh, I can see Peppy and and being gung ho and and going and getting stuff done and being reckless and all that stuff, but yeah. the arrogance of oh I'm faster than blah <laughs> I'm faster than every that arrogance and just the way that that portrayal is done of 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 that negative quality is what I don't like about Bumblebee in this. Well, again, it, it, it's it's only you know so many seasons, but he does grow as a character. Uh, yeah. He he learns to admit his flaws, especially when he meets Blur. He's like, "Ooh, I thought I was fast," you know. <laughs> but uh, he he he's starting off this way for a reason, and again, I think that's because by the end of the series, you see the growth. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, they did the same thing with Prowl, and while he's not as annoying, he's more low key about it. But he's just not a team player here. Yeah. And again, by the end of the series, he's all about the team player. He's all yeah. about, you know, the self, uh, or the, the, the group being greater than the self. This was a complete departure from anything as far as animation style. What do we think of the animation style, Steve? Honestly, to begin with, I was not at all thrilled with it. But I think after watching it, it kind of grew on me. And th- it, it worked out in its own right, and... Uh, I'm glad that they did what they did with this because it showed that, hey, Transformers can change their look and still function properly. Yeah, I think for me, what really, what was really throwing me off in the very beginning when the series was still airing on television, what really threw me off was just the complete, almost anime-ish type of look, especially when it came to the humans. When I first saw, like, Professor Princess and Angry Archer, who we'll talk about later in, in in future episodes of Transformation Animation. When I first saw those characters, I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what? It's <laughs> like, what the fuck is this? Um, what about you, Michael? What do you like or dislike about the animation style? Uh, when the first stills came out, I didn't like it. And I thought, you know, this is really bad because they had, uh, I want to say, and it's, it's stock footage now. It's stuff that you, you see all the time. But they had like a picture of Optimus Prime kind of from a three-quarter view and he's jumping toward the camera. And he's all kind of lanky and, and scrawny. This is a little scrawny for a Prime, right? Yeah. And it just didn't look right to me. And I said, you know, this is going to be utter crap. This is just going to be bad. Uh, but as I saw more of it, I, I, I realized that it was going to be, I don't want to say roughly the same, but similar to the art style for Teen Titans. And well, I didn't considering know Derek time... J. Wyatt worked on both series. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't know at the time that Derek J. Wyatt was the guy behind Teen Titans or, or that, uh, you know, he would he was involved with this. But as it turns out, yeah, it's the same guy. The, the art style is very similar. And I really liked Teen Titans. Uh, and I liked it because I like anime. And Teen Titans was very anime-centric. It was like an American anime almost. Yeah. And uh, when this came out, I thought, well, you know, not quite what I 
headlined, or maybe it's not quite my cup of tea. Or more, more to the point, it's not Transformers, right? But <laughs> I, I still enjoyed it for what it was. And again, I, I kind of saw it as a, you know, a departure from what we had. But that's a healthy thing. It's, anything was better from what we had before. Well, the thing of it is, is I mean, if you if you just look at the United States versions of Transformers over the last 25, 30 years, mm-hmm. you had G1, you had Beast Wars and Beast Machines. Beast Wars and Beast Machines was a complete leap into the unknown with the whole CGI stuff. Right. Um, and then you have this. And this, again, was another leap in, in, in style and, and direction. Um, I do like what they did with you know the story arcs however i will say that they were super they're super fan wanky throughout this entire series they are yeah and that's what that's what i love about it and steve pointed out earlier about how this optimus prime is a it's not it's not our optimus prime it's not orion pax it's a younger it's a it's a way to portray optimus as a younger person without actually calling him Orion Pax. Um, but the, the history of it in, in the very beginning is a nice homage, but it's an in joke only. This is not G1 in 2007 people. <laughs> yeah. I see that. I, when going back and rewatching this, I had completely forgotten about the G1 clips in there. Yeah. And the, the clips actually, the history vids quote unquote, right. Actually show Megatron, and the Seeker Jets, or the Tetra Jets, depending, you know, they were kind of like the weird pyramid-looking jet thing. It showed Bumblebee and Wheeljack from from the first episode of Transformers, where they were trying to get away, still on Cybertron, yeah. trying to get away from the Seekers. Yeah. Uh, it showed the Omega Sentinels. And it, 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 to me, it was like, wow, this sheds a whole new light on this whole thing. Because, <laughs> you know, you actually see G1 Megatron, and it makes you wonder, oh, is that... Megatron, because they say, you know, four million years ago, this was the guy. Yeah. And here's the history vids of him. And if so, then where's G1 Optimus? You know, how how well does this tie in together? And, you know, it, it's almost like, uh, you know, in Beast Wars where they had their, uh, their the great upgrade where they all go from G1 to, to tiny Beast Wars figures or tiny Beast Wars characters. And that, uh, you know, at one point in the history... You go from G1 and everyone, you know, kind of goes on into an upgrade, uh, into an animated style. Yeah. It's like, well, how does that work exactly? And I, I, and again, it shines a whole new light onto what's going on here. But at the same time, uh, uh, we've been reminded from Derek Wyatt that we shouldn't read too much into things. I mean, it was the same story when we said, hey, We've got Beast Wars animals showing up in this episode. What does it mean? What does it mean? And he's like, it don't mean anything. <laughs> don't, don't read too much into it. Just just stop it. Yeah, I mean, they and it says on the wiki that they did the, the history of it as a, as a complete end joke. Mm. Because as, as you have said, Michael, and as Steve has said, animated is supposed to be its own continuity separate from everything else. Right. Steve, what were your first impressions uh, when you first like when the first when the movie first started, like, and you saw the history of it? What were your first impressions? I thought that somehow they connected it to G one, and I was like, "Well, that's different." And I, <laughs> I was like, uh, 
I don't see how they got to this point, but it's leading to a, you know, almost kind of a cool concept there. What's really different for me is, and I noticed this when I rewatched it, just from them watching, just from having the G1 scenes on the screen and then phasing out and showing that it's a history vid, and you see all these different stylized robots, and I'm like, wait, like Michael said, how did that progression happen? <laughs> you know? Because it's, it's so drastically different. Um, I'm not going to run this into the ground too much, but I did have a note about uh, it takes a while to warm up to Bumblebee in this series, arrogant prick that he is. <laughs> uh, one of my hugest beefs about this series, and I get that it's not, it's not G1, I get that, but... Who the fuck is Bulkhead? Where's Wheeljack? Where's Blue Streak? Anyone but this guy. Seriously, Patrick the damn starfish in a green robotic suit? I like that character. Okay. No, I mean seriously, I just I just like him. I mean he's so likable. It's uh uh oh, man, it's got in my notes here somewhere. I forget exactly where he says it, but uh, you know, he's always tripping over things and going, My bad. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I, I you know, and I, uh, uh, Bill Fagerbacky, I want to say that's his name, but uh, yeah. he was he was the assistant coach, on on coach. That's how at least that's I, I don't watch SpongeBob, so I don't can't really equate him to to Patrick. To but, Patrick, yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think of him as you know the assistant coach on Coach, and it was almost the same character. You know, it's just kind of a big puppy dog lug of a guy mm-hmm. who's always knocking things over it's like my bad you know uh, and he's not mean about it it's not like he's big dumb jock you know pushing you over for the fun of it you know it's 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 he's literally just earnestly bumping into things because he's so big and bulky yeah bad choice of words big butt uh-oh beast wars reference yep. <laughs> uh I really, like, when I first saw this, and even now going back to it, because I'm so sick of the movies and everything using the term AllSpark, I really miss The Matrix of Leadership. It might have been the biggest gimmick in G1 history, but I prefer it over the damn AllSpark. <laughs> well, when you bring that up, isn't the uh, the hammer, Ultra Magnus's hammer, The Matrix of Leadership? I honestly am not sure. Because you get, when you become... The Magnus, you get the hammer. They show that at the end. But Optimus I think what they... Magnus, we dropped the hammer. <laughs> it's hammer time. It's hammer time. That's <laughs> right. But they uh, they uh, refer to the AllSpark almost in in uh, you know theological terms. Yeah. Where it's like you know the well of all soul or the well of all sparks. They don't say call all souls, but the well of all sparks. They 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 keep saying that. It's like, are you gonna die? Well, no, I'm going to the well of all sparks. That's a difference, you know. Well, they did use well of all sparks in Beast Wars, didn't they, Steve? Uh, no. They didn't. They did. And not in Beast Wars. They I could have sworn Rhinox said it a couple of times. I could be wrong. But he said I, the other side of the Matrix. He didn't say the Wall of All Sparks. No, they, they call it the All Spark. When you die, you go to the All Spark, but they don't call it, you know, there's no such thing as the Well of the All Spark. Okay. I think that was something they made up here. Yeah. Um, in, the, in the end of Beast Machines, 
when Megatron actually gathers up all the sparks together into his, I don't know, his fishbowl, right? <laughs> uh, it kind of looks like a well. I, I would yeah. buy that, sure. You know, a well of all sparks. Yeah, they may have done that Beast Machines, but Beast Wars never had a reference to the Allspark or the well of... They, okay. they mentioned Matrix in it a lot, but that was it. Yeah. But okay. here, the, 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 there's a difference between the Allspark and the well of the Allspark. Uh, the Allspark is, is almost equated with the movie Allspark. Yeah, in that, that's, what uh, I, that's why I don't like the term. Oh, the Allspark, yeah. The fact that they have this cube give or take uh, you know, an angle, right? <laughs> that it gets tossed into space to keep Megatron from getting it. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's that's kind of that's kind of movie Allspark to me. Why is movie Ironhide popping into my head? Sam, get to the cube. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that ain't no scout ship. That's the nemesis. <laughs> kind of like that ain't that's no moon that's a, a battle, battle station <laughs> i liked that in this i like that because it it was like they they get this little uh they get the uh, teletran one telling them that oh there's a ship approaching and it's like oh well you know a ship like ours a ship like a scout ship is it a ship no it's it's huge and it's gonna jump on your head yeah. Star Sponge Scream, although I give Tom Kenny super awesome geek points for sounding more like G1 Star Scream rather than SpongeBob. Uh, we did talk about this a few moments ago. He He's probably one of the only people that can really pull off a really great lot of impression. Hmm. I mean, if you look at people that have voiced Star Scream from after G1 to now... Minus Steve Bloom, not counting the current continuity, but just when Animated came out, he sounds a hell of a lot like Lada, and I really like that. Mm. Uh, Lugnut and Blitzwing. Blitzwing, I like simply for crazy face Blitzwing. I think that's cool. <laughs> uh, but Lugnut, really, it should have been Astro Train, damn it. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, you can't really come in and, and start complaining about which characters were... You know, this character should I know. Be, uh, should and be I understand player. why they only use Blitzwing, because it's they only needed one triple ch- Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Changer, and they needed that, that characterization of that loyal dog to Megatron. The one right. that would just basically, you know, bend to his will whenever he wanted to. Well, they needed a tank on the Decepticon side to match against the tank bulkhead 
on the Autobot side. Yeah, that's true. Plus, if you have a Blitzwing, you get three characters for the price of one. That's true. I think I like his, his Arnold, his, his red face and his crazy face the best. The Ice Blitzwing, I really don't care for that one. I think each one individually is kind of lame. But when they, <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's like, okay, it's a freaking Arnold voice. Honestly, please get a big buck tooth, please, uh, a big gap. Come between here, I will kill you. I know. <laughs> get to the chopper. I know it's so awful. But when they Wait, play on the off chopper. each other, exactly. He's, it, it, when, I forget exactly what he says, but the, the one voice is, is like, uh, you know, I'm going to express my rage, and then he in switches song. to the crazy voice in song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I mean, it's just so off the wall. Yeah. Uh, Bumble rat trap. We're all gonna die, aren't we? We're all gonna die. It's a nice reference, but it sounds better. I'm sorry. I I still I'm I'm not a Bumblebee fan in this show. I'm just not. Oh. <laughs> Bumblebee says this a lot, and and it's it's funny. That uh, and I well, I don't want to say. Oh yeah, they pulled that directly out of Beast Wars, but no, it's funny. I like to hear it. Yeah, I I, I so do love that they did get the G one fusion cannon sound effect. Yeah, I love that. Was that. so awesome. <laughs> I was like, that is great. They have they bring back a lot of the sound effects from the G one. And it's just really nice to hear him. Yeah. We're getting into we're, that G1 fan fan winkery now. Yep. But we're repair bots. We're not programmed for this kind of action. Well, then consider this an upgrade. Why does Bumblebee's line of we're repair bots remind me of, I'm getting too old for this shit? That didn't so much remind me of that. I don't know. When I kept hearing it, it, it reminded me of, of uh, Riggs and Murtaugh. We're getting too old for this shit. Nah, sorry, doesn't really strike me that way. But I mean, at I this point, point, you know, it's, we, it, it's being beaten over our heads that, you know, the young bots are screw ups, right? Yeah. And and yet Prime, who's especially uh, had had this type of training, can come in and save their bacon. Yeah. You know, he's he's an academy bot. So he's able to come in and, and take care of the business when everyone else is just kind of getting stomped on. Yep. I was waiting for Galvatron to come in after Starscream says this line, but as I, when Starscream goes, as I appoint myself new leader, I was so waiting for Cyclonus to come in with Galvatron. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who dares disturb my coronation? <laughs> Lubrication, Starscream. This is bad sodomy. <laughs> uh, my one of my favorite uh, lines from Starscream is, is this was great. Uh, Megatron blows up, and Starscream's like, "Yes!" <laughs> he's, he's got the full-on fist bump. Yeah! And then he turns around. He's like, "Solemn face, solemn face." <laughs> like, like, "Oh, this is terrible. Oh, this is so awesome. Oh, this is terrible." I don't want everyone else to know that this is so awesome. So I have to put on the solemn face. Okay, we we all know that Optimus Prime, for the majority of of history, has always had a faceplate. I think this, besides not 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 counting Beast Wars, I'm specifically talking about Optimus Prime characterizations. Mm-hmm. Um. This was one of the first series that kind of showed Optimus Prime that he had a mouth. 
not counting Optimus Prime, <laughs> specifically Bumblebee and Prowl. Steve, what do you think of their battle masks? Um, the Bumblebee one, I could kind of see where that kind of went towards the movie-ish. It was almost like a mix between the Bumblebee from the movie and uh, Rat Trap from Beast Machines. Yeah. How it kind of flipped down and everything. Uh, yeah. Prowls, eh, I could have done without it. And Prime, of course, I mean, he just looked normal. Yeah, I mean, Optimus, I mean, you know, I, I just, I don't like how the movie introduced, oh, when they're in battle, everybody has to have a battle mask. I just don't like that. Well, Primal did too, and then they stopped Primal doing had, it. Yeah, Primal had the battle mask. Or at least I mean, it might have been like an emergency mask, because we only saw it a couple times. You mean Optimus in this series? No, Primal. Optimus Primal in Beast Wars. Oh, yeah. Well, they did that for pure G1 reference. I mean, they, they always did that for G1 reference. They they didn't use that all, all the time, but yeah. Um, let's see. What's, what else do I have here? Uh, some Okay. Now, this is a point of discussion here. Hmm. Some back as a young man, he finds Megatron and already has the white stripe in his hair. Now I know that I'm kind of jumping ahead with this note, but yeah, later on it's huh? <laughs> yeah, what the hell? <laughs> I know. Well, it's something I noticed. Okay, I'm not saying we have to like go in depth here, but I'm just saying it's something to think about for the future. All right, all right, go ahead. They're crash. The the Autobots and Decepticons are crash landing on Earth. Mm-hmm. Sumdak is in his little outhouse, outshed, doing his little oh, tinkering yeah. thing. Okay. He sees or, or hears Megatron. When you see Sumdak, he already has the white line in his hair. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, AllSpark Almanac on page 109, the big thick one with all the words, not the not the, yeah, the high school version, right? And they show him. It's a, the young Sumdak, and he has not a white stripe, but it's more of a more of a dark gray stripe, a charcoal gray across his black hair. It's a little distinguished. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like like he was watching the ring, you know. And... <laughs> well, what happened is uh, Rogue got a hold of him after oh, wow. touching Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> Gave him a little bit of oldies. Gave <laughs> him oldies. <laughs> That's funny. Now, I know stasis and stasis pods and all that stuff is a part of Transformers history now. But the first thing I thought of when uh, Optimus says, oh, we have to go into emergency stasis, the first thing I thought of was Thundercats and their capsules. Except in in this, Optimus doesn't age like Lionel did in Thundercats. (laughs) That's right. He goes to Earth and he's 50 years older. How'd that happen? (laughs) <laughs> 50 years to me seems kind of like a drop in the bucket yes. it doesn't seem like that much for a Transformer who's, they're all supposed to be 4 million years old Yeah, it's like I blinked and I woke up and oh crap I'm actually going to uh, make a plea to the listeners to those that are listening to Transformation Animation Podcast I want you guys to start a count for us and let us know how many times that we reference or we find references of every time Fanzone says this is why I hate machines. Oh, you know, yeah, I, I, it aggravates me because by the time we get, and this is a episode three note that I made, but by the time we get through this, I think he said at least three times. 
Yeah. But something like that. Is, you know, is Fanzone a one-note pony? Pretty much, yeah. Is this is this the entirety of his personality? Pretty much, yeah. It's like I'm fat and I'm messy and I boss people around and I hate machines. And Chief Quimby here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's not quite Quimby. He kind of resembles, but he's got. I. I, I have a feeling that there should have been more backstory here that, you know, later on in further episodes that were never written. Maybe we visit him at home and, with you know, he's, he drives this crappy, you know, police car that looks like Bumblebee at home and, and you know, gets out. Well, there is. A, I, I don't know if something. it's in an actual episode, but there is something where they kind of go to a brief flashback where they mention something about Fanzone and his wife that had his, apparently his wife had an incident with one of the Sumdac robots. <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm not sure Any if that's backstory would be flashback nice. in an episode, but I do remember something about that later on. It was the Fanzone Muppet adventure. <laughs> <laughs> I can't program my coffee machine. It talks to me. Yes. <laughs> it keeps More, blinking uh, 12, 12. It just doesn't to annoy you. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> time it's is frozen. <laughs> like on Johnny Bravo. <laughs> Before we get too far ahead, because I know at a certain point we're going to start getting into uh, you know, scanning alternate modes, but I really like the uh, Cybertron modes for the Autobots. Yeah. I like them on the screen. I don't like Bumblebee's. And I, I know I'm making this a habit of anything Bumblebee. I'm saying I don't like... I do like his Earth mode. Yeah. I don't like his Cybertronian mode. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I like the Cybertronian modes on screen. The yeah. toys, however, I do not mm-hmm. like the Cybertronian mo- modes on the toys. I can understand that. But, I mean, they show Prime and Ratchet transform and, and, and drive off, I want to say, off onto the asteroid before yeah. they even get to Earth. Yeah. And... The toys look just like the uh, yep. figures. Or I should say the figures look just like the, the screen. Animation. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because I was like, you know, when the Ratchet toy first came out, I was thinking, you know, this this doesn't look like much of anything. You know, I don't even know where they got this from. But going back and watching it again and seeing, you know, that one minute, two minutes worth of Ratchet in a, or Cybertron mode. Yeah. Uh, really, it's like, wow, that is really cool. I'm glad I own that toy now because <laughs> it looks just <laughs> like the show. What do you think of the Cybertronian alt mode, Steve? I'm a fan of a few of them. I like them better on the screen than I do, obviously, toy. Uh, just for certain modes. Uh, I dislike Megatrons because it looks too movie-esque. Until mm. he gets to his uh, Earth form. Which I love. Yeah, that comes way later. <laughs> but yeah, I I can see where you're coming from. But one of the things about Megatron's alt mode specifically that I do like is the fact that they still have the G1 cannon under his cockpit in in the Cybertronian mode as well as the Earth mode. Right. I I will say that Megatron's robot mode in this his his whole head his whole face. Looks ten times better than what they did in the first movie. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It looks so much better in animation than it did on live action screen. Yeah. Well, I've said it before on these podcasts, and I'll say it again that movie Megatron looks like somebody took yes. tinfoil up and crumpled it up into a close approximation of a person. <laughs> a goose. It's, 
it's all spiky and and, and this the face is all it doesn't even look like a face it's it's like a big spiky mess with teeth and big red eyes and it i don't like it you know at least here he's got a face you can you can discern the helmet that he wears and it just looks awesome and yeah. to hear him speak it's just whoa oh yeah you know you or... know to be afraid of this guy Oh yeah, it's especially the huge. music that's accompanied him, especially his yeah. theme in this. Oh my god! Um, since we are talking about the bots and the and all that stuff, we don't really see, we only see the other Decepticons in silhouette. I mean, we do see Starscream outside of silhouette, but the other ones, uh, Lugnut and, and Blitzwing and and Black Arachnia, yeah. um, we all see them in silhouette, and I kind of like that. I think that that's it's saying, oh hey, we're here, and we yeah. are kind of a threat, but. We're not We're actually leaving it here. up to the imagination. Yeah, it's exactly. Like the, the less you see, the more it's in your head of what they look yep. like. And you know, it's odd that inside the Decepticon ship, it's all dark, and it's all purple, and you can't see anything. Uh, and you know, I mean, that that could be a good thing, or uh, it could be a few targets away from it being a Klingon ship. Steve knows what I'm talking about. You know. Yes. No, I know what you're talking about. I've, I've seen Star Trek, <laughs> God damn it! I haven't watched it all. I haven't I've watched every it single three series. three times. Fuck you. Uh, moving on here. Uh, I, oh, like, the first time I saw it, I, I so geeked out. Sky Spy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's anti. And then, and then after the Sky Spy comes back, instead of doing the G1 version of them just laying on the floor and, and being scanned, they go into the Beast Wars reformatting chamber. I like the restoration <laughs> chamber. <laughs> I like it. I thought it was cool. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm, I'm sorry, but uh, when they're on Earth finally, and I think it was Optimus that says, keep your scanners peeled for Decepticons. I'm sorry. This, is, this sounds so much like a moment where Michael would be talking to Kitten Knight Rider. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Not Michael Knight. I'm yeah, well, <laughs> I say Kit. Everybody knows what I mean. I, I don't know. You might have been one of the few people who watched that show. Anyway, moving on. Uh, <laughs> so here's here's an issue I have with, with Sari. She's screaming and screaming for her life, yet when she sees the Autobots for the first time, she forgets she's in danger long enough to say, Cool? Seriously? I like beans. Are we, uh... I don't know what's going on with Steve over there. I know, I was just throwing some random BS Did we out. get into part two yet? My notes are pretty much... I basically Scattered. took it as all one... No, I oh, took it as all, right. all one thing, so... I know we run into Sari at the end of episode one, but... Yeah. Um, I guess we can kind of get into part two. Uh, I, I want to focus on one just for a second. Good. Uh, a couple things that, that I noticed... Basically, the fact that Megatron can take out everybody in the room, 
when all the Autobots are trying to work together and they just can't seem to do it for one reason or another. Yeah. And you know, even if they could, they can't take out Megatron. Even with one arm, they can't take out Megatron. Uh, I noticed, uh, and you know, anyone who doesn't live in Michigan or near Michigan, uh, and I'm looking at you, Blanchard, uh, might not recognize Pawpaw. But when Megatron splashes down, some Dax, uh, I want to say his parents' farm, where he lives, is in Pawpaw, Michigan. <laughs> Good wine comes out of Pawpaw. Let me tell oh, you. God. Here we go. <laughs> let let the drunk let the drinking reference let the alcoholic reference flow. Exactly. You know, I I, I didn't get a chance to have any wine tonight. Uh, Thank God for that. I know. Well, I was watching Transformers. So. <laughs> you had to be sober for that one. Not necessarily. It probably would have been better <laughs> if I had a couple glasses in me. But uh, Get a little captain in you. Yeah, well, no. Actually, uh, we just went to a wine festival not too long ago, so I got a couple of cases of the good stuff. But uh, we didn't go as far north as Papa. But uh, if I had, I would have brought home another case because I got some good wine up that far north. Or in your case, Steve, it's probably south of you. Somewhere. Papa. Somewhere. Oh, get a map. Did anybody else notice the uh, Spike, Carly, and Daniel cameo? I didn't the very first time I saw the episode, but I did on subsequent rewatches. Mm-hmm. They're all getting ice cream from the ice I cream. I did. Box. I thought it was awesome as hell. I'm like, yeah. yes. I'm like, they're gonna. Re-. Even though they were a cameo, I was like, at least they threw that in there. Yeah. The fan well, waking is complete. Yeah. What I thought was strange though is that uh, Spike and Carly make an appearance later on. I want to say when she's pregnant. Yes. And and Ratchet is trying to take them to the hospital. So yeah. I thought, you know, the, the Daniel cameo might have been a little premature. No, no, no. Daniel was, and we'll get into this, obviously, as we go along. When they premiered as, as a cameo in this, mm-hmm. obviously Daniel was already there. Daniel was already born. She was giving birth to a second child after Daniel. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's right. You're messing it all up for me, man. You're the one messing it up. I know. You're the one that doesn't know the history. Anyway. I, I know. The second child. What are you talking about? <laughs> not, see, now we're getting into that wow, chicka, wow, yeah. wow. Yeah, well, let's not go there. I know where babies <laughs> come from. <laughs> <laughs> that was so... And, and and that's another thing I do have to give Derek J. Wyatt uh, and, and everybody working on the show a lot of credit the facial express the only ones for facial ex- the only one robot that I don't like's facial expressions is Bulkhead. I just don't like when he does some facial expressions, but when um He doesn't have much of a face. That's true too. It's basically just, you know, trap <laughs> looking. Bulkhead is almost like a pelican. Is he a bird or is he a trash compactor? <laughs> just a little of both. <laughs> Uh, do you have any, uh, uh, before I start in, because I took a lot of notes, before I start in, into more of mine, do you have anything you want to bring up, Steve, from parts one or part two? Uh, not really, other than the fact that uh, it was it was interesting to see that Starscream is like the lone, <laughs> the lone ranger taking down all the Autobots. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the death of Prime, but. 
Oh yeah, um, we'll get to that. We're getting to that, yeah. We're, we'll we'll definitely get to that because. Did anybody notice the emergency defense system's name? Um, was it Sentinel? Omega. It was Omega. Yeah. Initiate emergency yeah. defense yeah. system code name. Hey, that, that's War for Cybertron. Well, no, well, yeah, but that was War. But no, it's given the... away just a little bit, considering you know this ship is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And G1 but, character. But but the funniest thing is when he says that he goes initiate defense protocol omega or whatever it is, and Teletran One comes back and says, you know, due to Cybertron's ongoing effort to conserve energy, this this program is not available. <laughs> not and Optimus is like, Optimus is kind of he doesn't say this, but he's like, what? What the fuck? <laughs> That's equivalent <laughs> to the blue screen of death, kids. I know, exactly. He's kind of got that Han Solo moment where he's like, it's not my fault. <laughs> it's not my fault. <laughs> Megatron I... eats babies for breakfast. Oh, wow. That's, that's, what... <laughs> um... no, that's what uh, Bumblebee says. Oh. He's floating over there and he's like, it's the Megatron? The Megatron that eats protoforms for breakfast? Oh, yeah, yeah, And I'm yeah. like, is he eating babies? <laughs> I love in the battle when uh, when Bulkhead uh, loses his uh, his his wrecking ball thingamajig in the in in the nanobot monster. He's like uh, uh, Optimus is like, can someone lend a servo? And then you hear Prowl's little ninja star thingamajig shuriken thing. Yeah, Bulkhead's like, he said, lend a servo, not slice a servo. <laughs> I did like that. Um, Heroes of Detroit unite, but wait, there's more. Oh no, Starscream is back. What a party crasher! Wait a minute, you were totally jumping like to part three. Yeah, pretty much. You're like way up ahead. Okay, so he's back, cowboy. <laughs> we got to get through part two first. Do you what have your notes we... separated through uh, through episodes? No, I don't. Or? Oh, see now, I'm not through uh, this because I watched it as one long thing. I didn't watch oh. it in parts. See, I am organized. I have mine on different pages. Well, I'm prepared. I'm not organized. I have notes. <laughs> I just don't have them in any order. Uh, okay. I have them in order from beginning to very end. Well, as long as we're talking about episode two here, the uh, the, the giant slug creature was created out of the microbots, or what they call microbots, uh, the yeah. first step in the fusion of organic and technological. It was kind of a nice nod to Beast Wars. Yeah. And I'm thinking, yeah, this this is where they're going to get Beast Wars from. But they never went that far. But I, I could see how that would happen. Yeah. But we get into uh, uh, Sari chasing her dog. God, spark plug. The spark plug. We named the dog Spark Plug. <laughs> now the wiki did say that could either be a reference to G1 Spark Plug or that could be a reference to the Minicon Spark Plug from Armada. So, oh, I don't know. I th- I, I, I prefer I, to think I, of it as a, as G1 Spark as a Plug. G1. Yeah, I kind of yeah. see everything here as a G1 reference. Yeah, I mean, as you get closer into like third season, you see a lot of Japanese references to stuff that most American people have never seen or heard mm-hmm. of. But for the first season, almost everything is a G1 reference. Yeah. 
Anything else on part two? Oh, yes. Oh? <laughs> uh-huh. Steve? What? Part two? Did you like it? Was it fun? Yes. It, it's all meshed together in my mind. See? Uh, Told you. Yeah, okay. All right, all right, fine. You know, I'll uh, I'll interject a little bit. Well, one uh, of the reasons why it's all meshed together in, in my mind and probably Steve's mind is, as I said before, this was, when this premiered, it wasn't part one, part two, part three. It was beginning, middle, end. It was a actual feature-length film. Right, yeah. On television. So it wasn't like, oh, here's part one, to be continued. Here's part two, to be continued. So that's well, why it's kind yeah, of meshing all together. Well, on on rewatching though, you watched it, episode one, episode two, episode three, right? No, I watched I it on the DVD as the movie. Oh, I didn't. I watched them separately. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry if I'm being confusing then. No, it's okay. Yeah. But uh, no, the part two is, is basically the line between where we get the uh, the five minute. Uh, robot historical documentary from Sumdac and uh, where the, the giant slug creature breaks loose yeah, and starts to terrorize the countryside. I do like the little kid that is talking to Sumdac, though. I like uh, I like the little kid like, oh, Mr. Sumdac, there's something wrong in there. <laughs> little brown-haired kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 when I see throwaway characters like that, I want to say, who is that supposed to be? You know, because you know, uh, well, it, it may or may not be, but you know, Derek Wyatt based that kid off of somebody. It's got to be like Marty Eisenberg's son or somebody. <laughs> this has got to be somebody. It's the, he's not just creating people off the top of his head. You know, and I say that not because I know, but because it seems like there are a lot of cameos from actual people in there. I mean, Marty yeah. Eisenberg himself shows up in in an episode. Um, uh, a couple of people he knows show up. Uh, a couple of the artists show up. You know things like yeah. that. Yeah. So it's like it makes you wonder who is that really? Who do, who, <laughs> who is that based on? <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah. as far as the transformations go, once we get in, everyone gets their their uh, alt mode, their their new uh, vehicle mode, mm-hmm. and they all do their transformation. Uh, it, and you get that that nice little bit of stock footage there. It's like, yeah. Autobots, transform and show us stock footage. And they all got that, that little five-second clip where they against a black background. Yep. Yeah. But I I'm will glad. say, though, that the transformations on screen in the animation yeah. are almost just like the toys. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very glad that they went faithful to the figures rather than, you know, the... the and again, this is a rumor that was going around, was that their transformations were just going to be like a, a a Tasmanian devil type of thing where they spin around and you're a truck and you spin around and you're a robot. But they actually went with, uh, I don't want to say, yay, stock footage, but no, they went with actual transformation footage. Yeah. And it's transformation footage that you can reuse over and over and over again in every episode, but yeah. they show it. You you can You can see it. And it's cool. Up until Bumblebee's arm comes out and he starts grabbing <laughs> shit, it's like, oh, now you ruined it. What? What are you doing? <laughs> it's like his car door becomes an arm and he reaches out and grabs Sorry by the head. Rawr, come here, you. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's like, oh, now you ruined it. You know, but when you're when you're a little kid 
and you got the toy, and you know, especially like the G1 toys where the, where the whole arm comes out from underneath the hood. You know you did that when you were little. You know? <laughs> it's like, I'm a car, but I have this huge arm hanging off from the side of me, and it's got a gun, and it's shooting you. And, or at least I did when I was little. I don't know about you. I just don't. I don't know where my brain goes sometimes because you're talking about you know freakishly long, freakishly big arms on a on like a mini Volkswagen. The only <laughs> thing I'm flashing to is when Perry freakishly shrunk Doofenshmirtz and his fist is like ten times the size of his actual body. <laughs> oh God, sorry. Anyway, back to yeah. this. Yeah, getting uh, in the, in the <laughs> free reference. Yes. Oh, I gotta love those. Yeah. Uh, a bumblebee. I don't. I don't. I'm not sure if it's Bumblebee or if it's everybody, but basically they can't understand why the cars aren't talking back to them. It's and, everybody. Yeah, it, Bumblebee well, it, actually it's makes the reference. It's Bulkhead. Is it Bulkhead say it? Because Bumblebee's like, can anybody on this planet talk? Well, Bulkhead said something first. He's like, do any of you little robots know what's going on here? And then that's when Bumblebee comes in and says, can't anybody? Can't anybody on this planet talk? Yeah, because they don't realize that. You know, the, the the little insects running around are the actual sentient beings on the planet. Yeah. It's like, what? I'm supposed to be talking to the meat bag. Well, I don't know about that. Insignificant fleshlings. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Run, little insects, while I try to stomp on you. That's uh, funny. No, but, they, you know, so they, they all get their alt modes, and they start fighting the giant slug thing. I don't even know what, what to call it. It's a nanobot monster. Yeah. Something like that. And right away, you get the impression that Prowl is not a team player. You know, he's always jumping the gun and doing his own thing because he thinks he can do it better than everybody else. And to a certain extent, he can. But the fact that, you know, this this is way more than he can chew, and he's trying to bite it off anyway. Nom, is, nom, nom, nom. Get, uh, yeah, exactly. And then he gets nommed. Nom, 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 nom. Because the monster eats him. And then That's the monster, it. because it is a nanobot actually melds with Prowl's brain and is tapped into their comlinks. Yeah, exactly. And take eats half his chest. Which is it's kinda cool to see. Yeah. Uh what bothers me here is we have this Jeff Goldblum moment where uh Ratchet, you know, creates the cure for the nanobot on his uh Mac top. Yeah. Yeah. See the reference? Oh uh, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it, oh. it's it's so independence that yeah, I got it. <laughs> I got it. You gotta you gotta manually. Uh, yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah. The difference here is though. Yeah. The difference here is though you have to actually shoot it or get it into the creature's mouth or whatever. Whereas in there they had to actually fly up to the spaceship. Well, there's a certain amount of flying going on here. You know, you have Bumblebee jumping off a building, and he's like, you're going down! <laughs> I, I like how the creature swallows. Exactly. But it's like, dude, you just jumped into the Sarlacc pit. What are you thinking? <laughs> oh, it's a nice kamikaze jump by Bumblebee, which I like. But what, what I liked most about this battle is that, you know, they win by by thinking. And granted, Ratchet's doing most of the thinking and kind of berating Optimus for fighting first and not thinking first. He's like, look, you know, you want to fight all day or do you want to think your way through this and fight for a little while, you know, and then win? 
But, uh, you know, and Optimus even says, okay, all right, fine, I understand, you know, you're right, you're older and wiser, and tell me how to do it. And they get through the battle with, with their with their, with their their wits, rather right. than just beating this thing in a submission. Uh, and I like that. I, I, I like the fact that, you know, they don't have to combine with each other and power up in order to, to defeat the monster. It's right. it's not a it's it's a huge departure from the Japanese shows where yeah the, the, yeah this is not our motto it, where Optimus Prime combine with Jetfire blah 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 <laughs> exactly like there's no way I'm going to be able to defeat this thing unless I combine with Jetfire and put on my yeah. magic pants <laughs> exactly <laughs> Prime <laughs> pants or, or Jetfire Jet was it Pantsfire. Pants? <laughs> Optimus Pants? I forget. Yeah, Optimus Prime. Like Combined with oh, trailer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's like, do I, do I got to keep doing this over and over and over again? No, but they, they win by thinking, with, which yeah. I really enjoy. And I think that that's uh, such a good example for, for kids. Uh, what I don't like is uh, pole vaulting. I, I don't consider pole vaulting to be a suitable attack. You mean Optimus and his uh, energy axe? Yeah, it's in, the 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 handle of the axe shoots out in this long pole. Yeah, it hits the ground and he kind of pole vaults and you know gives a, a mid air kick to whoever he's pole vaulting towards. And I oh. I just don't like that. <laughs> I think it I think it's kind of dumb. You have an axe with a rocket on the end of it, so it can swing really fast. But instead of actually cutting into your foe, what you do is you kind of pole vault and kick him. It's like, yeah. eh, I don't like it. But, yes. uh, yeah, I mean, you get into uh, Terra. Terra. You get into Sari. <laughs> you get into Sari uh, stowing away in Bumblebee and, and going yeah. down to their base. And first of all, it's like, why would he do that? You know, it's that just goes to show you that this is not your G one Bumblebee. This a, is a, well, G one Bumblebee was the first one to let you know Spike jump in there and hey, come on, we're going. right? But what I'm saying is, uh, G one Bumblebee wouldn't be as dumb as as this Bumblebee where uh, where she goes. Am I going to be able to breathe down there? What's breathe? What's breathe? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But he went um, on he went on AOL and downloaded all the information. That's around AOL. a prodigy. I know all about this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as we're confusing sorry with Tara, you know, I, w- I would happily let uh, Tara Strong hide in my car any day. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I'm sure that's not on. what you're thinking. <laughs> not, not, not the back seat, the front seat. <laughs> okay, fine, the back seat. All right. So, anyways, moving on. You're anyway. married. Shut up. Um, <laughs> so <chill. hot. laughs> Okay, so since we're talking about them back at the back yeah. in the ship here, I tried to pause and check, but when Bumblebee dumps her into the into where the Allspark is, into the garbage chute. Yeah. <laughs> since when does the garbage chute go to the storage bay? Well, you're gonna keep your your your. At least it's better than being stuck in the garbage chute and and you know things pulling you under and you having to use lightsabers on it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so when she gets down there, she has this this key card. 
for her some deck tower for wherever she lives with her dad or whatever. So she's got this plastic key card. The all spark somehow wakes itself up <laughs> and she I don't remember if she held her key out or if the all spark energy kind of just was magnetically holding her key her key card out in front her. of her. Yeah. And then you see this flash of all like a bunch of past Autobots. And then you see a flash of a bunch of other faces that are humans. And I tried to, to pause it to see if I could get any of the human images. I wasn't able to do so. Yeah. But after that, she's like, uh, did we just have a conversation? <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. Weird. I didn't notice the flash with the faces. Oh, I, I noticed the flash of the faces with the robots, but I also noticed the flash with the faces of the humans as well, because it was like like the, the AllSpark told her about the robots, and then the AllSpark, AllSpark got from her the humans. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to go back and watch it again to make sure, but I could have sworn that there were two sets of images. There was robots and humans, hmm. which is weird. I'm going to have to go back and look at it again, because that doesn't yeah. sound familiar to me. Yeah. Um, so then, you know, they they create the the plot device of the magic key. <laughs> it's the MacGuffin. Sorry, becomes the world's cutest MacGuffin. <laughs> By the power of Grayskull. Oh wait, wrong show. <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, they go back up uh, because apparently, oh, we cut to a scene where. <clears throat> Some deck has got his dot like there there are divers in the water and they're like, Oh, we have to go up there. My dad's probably looking for me. And then they're like, Fanzone's like, Alright, fire on them or whatever else and uh like put your hands up. So they all like this is so weak to me. This looks so weird. The Autobots are all like hunched over, like they're half bent over in front of them with their hands up. It looks like they're <laughs> it looks like they're menacing giant freaking robots. It doesn't look like they're surrendering oh. anything. I was and, thinking zombie. Like, yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, and then some dad comes out like, no, no, that's my daughter. Put your arms down or, or put everybody lower your weapons. It's okay, guys. You can put your arms down, down now. Um, and she says when they tell them to put their arms up, she goes, oh, it, maybe it's to make you look less scary. I would think when they put them up. As Michael said, zombies, it probably made them more scary. More <laughs> scary, yeah. yeah. Uh, so then we have that, and then they have this whole hero scene of, they're the heroes of Detroit now, and this, that, and the other thing. And then we, huh? <laughs> I was just well, and then we and, and then we cut to Starscream where he's found the, the AllSpark energy signature thing, uh, and he gets to Earth, and some decks like, I paid for six jets, not seven. <laughs> the crimson, the crimson angels. Yeah. Like that. As opposed to the blue angels. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Starscream, he, I, I like him, but I think he got off really easy here. I mean, Megatron <laughs> is searching for this thing for four million years and Starscream gets off with 50. <laughs> it's not really fair. You know? He got hosed. Well, he just got lucky. He's like, True. yeah, I'm that good. <laughs> um, and then, uh, <laughs> so 
Starscream is the party crasher, and of course the battle ensues with Starscream. My one problem actually comes at the very end of the, the final part of this episode here, but I'll bring it up now. How is it at the end of the episode where, yes, I know that during this, this battle they mentioned, this, like the Autobots mentioned Decepticons, and they mentioned this and they mentioned that. Yeah. But how does the fucking TV announcer know that Starscream was a Decepticon at the very end? That's just something that bugged the hell out of me. And I know I'm jumping ahead here, but <laughs> funniest thing was, it's like, after Starscream shows up, they're like, oh, it's a Decepticon. What are we going to do now? As long as we work together as a team, we can all do it. Let's all hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Twice. Because they all do, like, you know, the the whole you know, team player, basketball, football, huddle thing where they all put their hands in the center and go, go team prime. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. <laughs> okay. And the, one of the good things I'll, I'll, I'll give Bulkhead this. Did he punch Starscream in the gut or the nuts <laughs> with his wrecking ball? Cause it looked like, it was a skewed area on Starscream's body. <laughs> it's Star open Scream to is almost all skewed area, though. Holy God, yes. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Starscream, you shouldn't monologue during a game of Keep Away. <laughs> <laughs> and then Optimus, like you were talking about his axe earlier, uh, with his whole grappling hook thing. It could be equivalent to Batman, but I I equated it to Spider Prime. He's swinging from building to building, and then, of course, Starscream crashes into him. (laughs) (laughs) Spider Prime. Spider Prime. Spider Prime. Spider Prime. Does whatever uh, Spider Prime does. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. Optimus dies in the premiere of the series. No. This would yeah, because it, it's and not then, Transformers unless Prime dies. I, I know. And, well, <laughs> well it, it's one of those things where this is so just so bad because it's like, she's like, oh, wait, I'm not. Well, I will give sorry points. She didn't just lay there and sob into his hand like like Daniel did. Uh, yeah. She actually decides to try to do it like, no, this isn't the end, blah, 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 blah. But after she revives him, like when he first opens his eyes, it would have been so much more awesome if he had, after he woke up and he sat up, it would have been so much better if he said, you're all alive. Uh, Why would that be, why would that be better? Because that's what Ultra Magnus said when they brought, when the Junkions brought him back to life. Oh, oh, okay, all right. Okay, I'll buy that, sure. It's but a G1 he, reference. But he didn't get to say, open, damn it, open. I know. <laughs> I thought for a second there that you were doing a... Yeah, never mind. That's what... <laughs> that just would have been a strange reference to make. And then uh, my final note um, is is at the end that I mentioned about the the TV announcer... Like how how the hell does he know that Starscream is a Decepticon? I don't think that the that the Autobots even said Decepticons to the humans or whatever else. But my final note is they left this on a cliffhanger because Sumdac is keeping secrets and the disembodied head of Megatron. Dun 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 dun! dun. Oh man, 
<laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for one night and one night only, the disembodied head of Megatron. Watch him do his headstand. Watch him. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. <laughs> he should have really stopped while he was ahead. Uh, uh, I think we've done these before. <laughs> yes, you have. Yeah. And it's uh, one of those things where it's so weird to me about, like, because some decks, like, if they knew where my robotics empire really came from, would they ever forgive me? You just met the fucking Autobots. You haven't even, you've maybe known them a day and a half. Yet uh, the, way, the way he makes it sound is, oh, we've been friends for years. We're best buds. I, I, I don't think that he means it in such a way that you know, I'm, I'm harboring their worst enemy. He means it in such a way that, you know, they don't realize that I'm, I'm, I have the head of one of their friends and I'm using it to conduct experiments on. Because Megatron hasn't really talked to him yet, but once he, once he does make his presence known and say, hey, I'm Megatron, he doesn't say, the Autobots are my sworn enemies and I will kill them all. He says, oh yeah, they're friends of mine, but yeah. I don't think it's such a good idea if you tell them about me, because you know, I don't know how they're going to react toward you. And I think that's what he's making reference to here. Is Oh man, I've been doing medical experiments on their, their friend's dead body for the last 50 years, and I don't think they're going to dig that so much. Well, but he doesn't know. I mean, he doesn't know until later episodes that, you know, Megatron doesn't awaken until later episodes. The head of Megatron didn't awaken here. It just They just showed it off. It doesn't awaken until the next episode, I think. Um, uh, Home is where the spark is. Uh, and that's, you know, the next episode is when, is where he reveals himself, I believe. So here at the end of this, I think it would be kind of premature for your explanation for that because of right, Megatron he doesn't isn't... know who Megatron is. Right, exactly. He, he just he, knows he can't that... make a yeah he can't make an inference because he just doesn't know. Yeah, but I, yeah. I think that's about as close as we're gonna get. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna immediately assume that oh this giant head that I have belongs to their sworn enemy and you know he's just thinking more line, along the lines of wow I went fifty years and didn't realize there were any more out there. And they were at the bottom of Lake Erie. He's like when he first saw them, they look remarkingly, re- 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 remarkably familiar. There's something familiar about <laughs> something these things. Something familiar about the giant robot heads. Where have I seen that before? <laughs> There's only so many places you can see them, like the one you have cut up in your lab. <laughs> Any other thoughts on Transform and Rollout, Steve? Steve? Yes. Any other thoughts on Transform and Rollout? Did you have anything else you wanted to bring up? Uh, not really. So we've pretty much covered everything that you wanted to mention or make fun of? Yes. <laughs> I have lots of things to make fun of yet. So. Okay, that's fine. I just <laughs> wanted to make sure that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to not include Steve here because we've kind of been running the whole gambit here. So um, what else you got, Michael? Uh... The uh, and I'm going to recap here for people who watch the movie as opposed to the individual episodes. But uh, part three starts out where the Autobots are having to deal with their newfound fame, where in, instead of the humans going, "Oh my God, you you know totally uh, you know trashed our city," they're they're now uh, famous. Being, yeah, they're being seen as heroes, and. 
what they don't realize, though, is that, you know, they're on TV and Starscream is up in space watching them on TV. <laughs> you know, they, don't, you know, they don't realize that, you know, Starscream is going to show up and trounce them all. But uh, this is the the first time that we hear David Kay say, my name is Optimus Prime. And it won't be the last time. It, it won't be the last. It, it almost becomes somewhat of a running joke, especially between him and uh, Megatron, where Megatron yeah. will just refuse to call him by name. Yeah, which yeah. I thought I, I didn't realize that this was the first time he said it. I thought it was a Optimus Megatron thing, not something that he said to Starscream. I think he did say it on the ship when he was fighting Megatron oh, on did Omega. He? Oh. I think I think he did. I didn't catch it if he did, but it would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, not... he didn't say it. He he hasn't said it yet to the point where he's so frustrated with Megatron not like it, it's not at the very end of the series. Where he's yeah. like, my name is Optimus Prime! It's <laughs> yeah. not like that. It's just like it's just regular... A, a gentle reminder that yeah. you may my not know me yet. My name is Optimus Prime. Exactly, yeah. But I will be a huge pain in your ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No succeeding for you. Uh, in the uh, in the park, did you guys hear the, the voiceover? There's uh, It was funny. It was... Uh, a guy talking to his kids, and he's like, "Honey, don't put that in your mouth, okay? Because there's a lot of germs here at the park." Which, oh which yeah. I, I I heard I had to listen to it like three times to figure out what he was saying, but I I thought that was funny. That's the scene where where Optimus asks R. I almost said Optimus asks RC. Where Optimus asks, "Sorry, how do you oh, humans get those made? get those smaller organics?" <laughs> how and are then they she made? <laughs> Oh god! I don't know what she whispers to him, but the look on his face is priceless. I know. It's just, it's just, you know, it's like one of those Mastercard commercials, priceless. Yeah, <laughs> priceless. He's like, <laughs> it's like you know, okay, when when two people love each other a whole lot, you know, he's like, <laughs> oh my god! It's like you little flesh bags are gross enough, but the fact that you procreate is kind of like making me sick. You know? Oh god! It'll get even better when we get further in, especially when we get to season three. It'll get even better when we get to season two. Oh my god! When the elite guards show up, oh my oh, god! Sentinel with his bugs. <laughs> I know, I know. It'll get so much better. <laughs> awesome! <laughs> I love that. It's uh um. Yeah, so Starscream shows up and they all start fighting, and they really prove more than once that they that they can work as a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even Sari gets in on the teamwork because she's like, "Okay, here's my plan." You know, <laughs> and my first thought is, you know, your plan is to get the hell off my hand and shut the fuck up. Yeah, you know? and which was funny because in the next scene, you know, there's a commercial here. Uh, I didn't see the commercial, but it's a commercial break. But when it comes back. That's pretty much what Optimus Prime says, is, no, your ass is going to sit here. <laughs> you're going to sit here, and you're going to you know, say put. Uh, and, of course, she doesn't, which is all well and good. But, again, it's showing that Optimus Prime, is uh, he's a green leader. He, he leads, and he, he knows what he's supposed to be telling people to do. Whether or not they listen is another thing. Uh, whether or not he's actually right is a complete other thing. And he's he's learning to accept these things and and, and learning from these experiences, which mm-hmm. is cool. And I like that. I, I do. It's a, it's it's a huge departure from the G1 Optimus Prime, who always says the right thing, 
always does the right thing. Yeah, this I don't know about I'm, always, but that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, Most of the time. Yeah, exactly. you know, we're, we're talking about Cartoon Prime here. We're not talking I know, I know. Prime, right? We're not talking about giving somebody their face. No, no, no I'm not either. I, I'll, yeah, continue, Michael. <laughs> okay. Bumblebee, he's so likable. He's like, you can trust this face, can't you? Well, no, not really. He does it's it cold in that day in hell. voice that you hate. I know. Yeah. Like, you, I can't, I can't, he he grows on me. He I, I I admit when they develop his character and they make him less of an arrogant asshole, he does grow on me. But <laughs> I'm sorry in the in the first season, Bumblebee is just a complete ass. Yeah, <laughs> and I just don't like that. I'm not saying it has to be the G1 timid character of Bumblebee. You can make him a different character. You don't have to make him the most arrogant asshole in the entire fucking universe. Yeah, you do. Uh, <laughs> well, again, I, I think if you're familiar with Teen Titans and you're familiar with the Beast Boy characters, Beast, yeah, Beast here's Boy. The, here's our Beast Boy, right? Yeah. And you know, here's our tank, and here's our our ninja, you know, and here's our you know woe begotten leader. Uh, yeah. They're they're very cookie cutter, but again, they they grow, and that's you know a testament to the writing. And we say <laughs> this is almost cliche in our in our Beast Wars podcast, but every week it was like the writing is so incredible, and I th- I think we're gonna see a lot of that in this one too because it's just a, such a well written uh, piece. Well, of- I will say that I didn't realize this until I watched season three hmm. when they give you more of the backstory. This entire series is more. Ratchet's story than anybody else's. I mean, uh, I'm, I might buy that. I mean, the series, I'm not sure if I buy that for the series. I might buy that for a dollar. Well, for, no. the, for the early season, because you get, you get Ratchet who has the most story to tell because he was in the great war and he was there during, you know, the, all this stuff that was going on and, and all, right. all the stuff that happened to RC, which brings RC into the mix. Uh, but there's a history between him and lockdown and the, the history be- between lockdown and the Decepticons and how all that ties together flows through ratchet. You know, yeah. I see that, but then I, I'm not sure if it's season two or season three, when you start seeing a similar backstory for Prowl. Yeah, I mean, there's three different backstories. You have Optimus, Ratchet, and Prowl that have that all, and uh, technically four because you have Bumblebee and Bulkhead's backstory. Yeah, yeah, Bum- yeah, Bumblebee and Bulkhead in the Academy, which is its own well, story. But what I'm saying is, as far as the series being mainly Ratchet's overall stories, is is because of what you just said because he was. He is the oldest of the Autobots in this group. He was in the Great War. He he was on Cybertron. He was, you know, he has seen all this action. That's what I mean about it being his overall story right. for the entire right. series. I mean, yes, there are all these other plots that interject together, but just after everything that came out of the all the flashbacks in Season 3, I just saw it being Ratchet's story overall right well I, I i can see how ratchet spices up the story with you know history the historical facts right but i'm not sure on if the this whole day thing in is. history i sat on a rock 
You know, it's funny too because it, he kind of reminds me uh, of of Cup, and I, I tend to call him Doctor Cup. Oh my God! I know it's like it's, you Gripner snappers, and it's like oh, it's Doctor Cup. Get off my lawn! You respect your elders, you little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I like that. And what's funny is it's uh, it's almost. I don't want to say almost the same personality because I got into this problem with Starscream earlier in the conversation, but uh, when you look at Transformers Prime Ratchet, how, again, it's the old crockety or persnickety doctor. Uh, And I I like that personality for Ratchet. I I really dig it. Much better than, let's say, the the movie Ratchet, which I didn't really like, and who only Mm -hmm. got like two lines in the third movie, but I won't go into that. But, uh, the thing about Ratchet, both in this series and and in especially Transformers Prime, like yeah. this Ratchet, it's Corey Burton's spin on Ratchet. With Transformers Prime, I don't dislike Ratchet in that series. I actually really love the character in that. Jeffrey but Combs. I that's that's the one issue I have. It's not that Jeffrey Combs does the voice; it's because Jeffrey Combs does the voice that I want to see Ratchet in a giant blue trench coat and and, and fedora hat. It. It just oh, because you're thinking of the question. Because I'm thinking like that. That was the first exposure I had to Jeffrey Combs was the <laughs> oh. question from Justice League. Oh and my god! I you like know what? you. You gotta you go out and rent Reanimator like right now. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs and Reanimator is uh, Herbert West. He's awesome. He is awesome. <laughs> and you know the sequels maybe so so, but yeah. it's always Jeffrey Combs back, coming back as Herbert West, and it's it's one of my favorite favorite shows. Uh, one of my favorite movies and, and really one of my Getting favorite franchises. It's awesome. Getting yeah. back to this, though, when I hear Ratchet on this show, I, I'm hearing Jeffrey Combs in my head and thinking, <laughs> this would have been cool with Jeffrey Combs doing the voice. But I do, like I said, I do like Corey Burton's version. I mean, because he does play that old, he plays the old and cranky up. Right. This is the first time we've had old and cranky Ratchet. And yeah. and and again, you know, it Jeffrey Combs gets it from here, or at least, or I should say, it the story is written from this, the way it, yeah. the way the, the way it's played. I'm not sure if Jeffrey Combs watched, you know, animated before he did Ratchet, but yeah, it's 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 very similar. But I, I think I prefer Jeffrey's voice better. Yeah. Uh, what about his, it's interesting. Uh, go ahead, Michael. I'm gonna change gears completely here. Sorry, but it's Uh-oh. interesting how uh, at the end. When Optimus Prime dies, right, quote-unquote dies, uh, how the AllSpark opens up like the Matrix. It's like they grab either side and pop it open, and it's, you know? Yeah. Um, and it, it, well, when I say Matrix, I mean like, uh, you know, the, the Matrix from the movie. Yeah. I'm sorry, the animated movie from 1986. Not... You're talking about Optimus's chest. No, I'm talking about the, uh, the AllSpark. Oh, okay. He has handles on either side, and when, right. you, pull, when you pull it open, it right. looks like the Matrix of Leadership. A slightly boxier version than the, <laughs> yeah. the circular Matrix, but yeah, yeah it's a, that's what it looked like to me. And it pops open and brings Optimus Prime back to life. You know, again, you know he was dead because he turned gray. And, and, uh, and again, it would be Transformers without the death of a Prime. And the fact that his chest opens up and he's got a spark chamber. 
Yeah. With a spark in it, which I thought was really, really cool. I liked that a lot. But it was I unneeded like... having Prime die. Yeah, it was, though. Just well, to bring him back in the same episode. If this was just a pilot movie and it didn't get picked up and it was just an hour and a half special, uh, it needed to have Prime die. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it didn't. Well, I'm, I'm glad that it got picked up, and I'm glad that they had three good seasons, but uh, you know, three excellent seasons. But you gotta have Prime die <laughs> at least once. But no, they brought him back to life. It was very cool. And I want to end it on that, but I had one more thing that I that I was gonna bring up. Uh, you don't remember, do you? I do. It was. It's like I want to. I, I kind of want to end on the prime dying note, but I won't. Um, the the windshields of the cars when they're in vehicle mode, they yeah. emote with their windshields. Yeah, that's a little strange. It's it's very Pixar. It's not quite cars. Yeah. Quote cars. Pixar's cars, right? They don't yeah. have eyeballs that you know, but it's almost like there's a reflected light. Or reflection, and it moves, kind of you know to kind of give the impression of eyes or eyebrows. It's almost like eyebrows. Yeah, where, it, you know. it's more so on Bumblebee and Bulkhead than almost any of the others. I notice it most on those two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a cool thing. <laughs> it's a nice trait. Uh, it's considering they spend a lot of time in vehicle mode. I mean, even on the base, they're not standing around in robot mode all the time. Yeah. Well, Bulkhead kind of has to stand around in robot mode because if he transforms inside the ship, then... <laughs> They're done for. Yeah. <laughs> so, Steve, any final thoughts on the movie premiere of Transformers Animated? Uh, other than those few uh, issues with it, it started off strong and definitely, uh, especially for someone who didn't give a rat's ass about it uh, when it started... I I ended up hooked. Yeah. And had to watch it every week, so therefore I'd say that it's definitely a, a strong start to the series. Michael, any final thoughts on this uh this beginning? Uh yeah, I have to agree with Steve that you know, again it was like I don't know about this, but then when you see it, it's so cool and it draws you in uh with the story and with the G1 references and, you know, the promises of better things to come that, you know, you know, Megatron's coming back, right? Oh yeah. 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 And it's, I mean, and like it's, I said, they ended this on a cliffhanger, like, Oh my God, it's yeah. Megatron's disembodied fucking head. <laughs> so, you know, he's coming back and you know, there's other Autobots out there like Ultra Magnus who is just yeah. dead on Robert Stack. Don't yeah. try to be a hero optimist. You know, it's like, yeah. oh my god, they resurrected Robert Stack to do this voice. It was it's That's not the Jeff Stack. Bennett that does that voice. Yeah, yeah. He's doing a he's doing a Robert Stack impersonation, but Robert Stack was the guy who did the voice in the nineteen eighty six movie. Yeah. And it was you know, it was just really special to hear that. And again, you know that there's more stuff out there and that this is gonna end up being a, a really a really special Special, not in the sense of, yeah, a special, a special ride, if you will. A romp, perhaps. Yes, yes, a, a romp. There a we romp. go. A romp, 
for me, I agree with you guys. Uh, this is one of the reasons why I like doing after it's over big picture podcasts of going back and looking at stuff instead of doing podcasts in the way of reviewing it as episodes come out because this way I can go back and I can watch and I can really, really look for stuff. Like, right. I, I mean, some of the references that I did point out did pop out at me immediately. Some of them really didn't. Some of them I kind of, you know, I made references where there wasn't any like, that's no scout ship. That's the nemesis, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So all in well, all, yeah, well, when you look at it in its entirety and yeah. you see, you know, much later on, we're going to see the Elite Guard, we're going to see Sentinel Prime, we're going to see Ultra Magnus, and they hinted at them a tiny bit in the, in this yeah. in this movie, in the very first, I should say, the first episode. Yeah, but you know, you know those are coming up, but there's hints here for stuff that's going to be happening later on in the series. Yeah. Yeah. And they, 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 uh, they're, they're, they have the lay of the land, let's say. They've got it planned out well enough ahead, at least for the first season, that they can they can drop these little hints as to what's coming up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love... Even though I don't really care for the character of Sentinel, I just love the way Optimus shuts him up. Display cargo, hold visual. Uh, hold, please. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh. You know, like, that, that kind of bothered me in the sense that you have this you know, uh, maintenance crew, you know, space janitors, right? And they're out in the middle of nowhere and they find this box and they're like, I don't know what this box is. Ratchet knows. And he's like, we got to get the fuck off this rock. And he immediately packs it up and heads back for the ship. Uh, no one else seems to know what it is until they get it back to the ship and analyze it. They show a picture of it to Sentinel prime. And he automatically says, I'll get ultra Magnus for you. Yeah. It's like, uh, how does he know what it is? That's, you know, that doesn't make any I, sense. That's that's a plot hole we can explore in, in, in a future episode. So <laughs> I'm willing I, to overlook it. Yeah. yeah. It, it It's one of those nitpick things. It's one of those things you look at something too closely, you're like, ow, my eyeball. <laughs> uh, Brain freeze. Ow, ow, ow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think we're going to go to some ads and then we're going to actually go to Cybertron and hear Kevin's, uh, thoughts on the premiere. I will say that Kevin's segment this time around is slightly longer than what his normal segments will be just because that this is the premiere. Extra Um, long episode. Yeah, exactly. Three episodes. we're going to be doing that and we will be back with the outro. Here's quote number one. This is why I hate machines. Testing one. Will someone get me a bullhorn that works for crying out loud? Here's quote number two. I'm Bumblebee. I'm sorry. Oh, don't be. I like my name. No, I mean my name is... What are you? And quote number three. He said, lend a servo, not slice a servo. Finally, quote number four. Now bring me the all-spark Autobot scum. Transformation Animation Podcast will be back after these messages. Soundwave, jam the transmission. Rumble, frenzy, ravage, rap, eject, operation, interference. 
No, there will be no Operation Interference. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. I also have a few supplemental episodes and an interview with Stan Bush. I bring in guest hosts who will be full-time co-hosts in Steve Megatron and fan of the show, now co-host, Pecan Court Michael. So check out the TFG1 podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Transform and roll out! Welcome to my throne room, Future Tales. The Beast Unleashed podcast is over, not gone. You can hear more of this great podcast discussing all the episodes of Beast Wars and Beast Machines on GeekCastRadio.com. We include voice actor and writer interviews with stellar hosting by Steve, Mike, and Michael. Head on over to iTunes or the net, or else I will send you my vehicles to extract your spark and destroy you. <laughs> yes. Hey guys, it's Optimus Solo, your Cybertronian correspondent, giving my thoughts on Transformers Animated. Now, the topic today was transform and roll out. And before I get into my notes for this episode, or this series of episodes, uh, let me just remind you, if you haven't listened to episode zero, that I have not seen this series, so these are my thoughts as I'm seeing these episodes for the very first time. Now, let's get right into it. First of all, since this is the first uh, episode of the series, i got to talk a little bit about the voices and the looks real quick before I get into the content for the episodes. Um, as far as voices go, um, good voices. I loved the voice for Ratchet. All right, I love Sentinel Prime and Ultra Magnus' voices, even though they weren't in there very much, obviously, for this first episode. And I loved basically all of the Decepticon voices, especially Megatron's. And for that matter, the humans were fine too, especially uh, Tara Strong as the voice of Sari was really good. So I liked all of those. Um, the bad voices, and I'm sorry because I know there's a lot of fans of, of the people that are voicing these guys, but Optimus Prime right off from the bat, you know, right from the get-go, just didn't fit. The voice doesn't fit him, um, and I just can't stand it. I, I'm trying to get used to it, but David K as Optimus Prime is, is just not doing it for me. Bumblebee, um, ah, what can I say about Bumblebee? Bumblebee is probably, hands down, the worst voice in the show so far. I'm sorry, Bumper Robinson. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that I also don't like your voice of Blitzwing, the only Decepticon voice I don't like. Other than that, Prowl, I, I get you're going for something different. I'm hopefully going to get used to that voice because that's not doing it for me. And the only other voice that I have a problem with is the Teletran 1 voice. I mean, we have been spoiled by really great voices of Teletran 1 in the original series, as, in, as well as Sentinel um, in Beast Wars. And this Teletran 1 voice is just kind of boring. It doesn't pop. It doesn't do anything cool like I'm used to for the, the Transformers computers. So, hopefully I'll get used to some of those voices, but, uh, yeah. I mean, at one point I wanted Starscream to actually kill Bumblebee, so I wouldn't have to listen to him anymore. As far as the looks go, um, I do like the alt modes a little bit better than the robot modes. Obviously, I've expressed my disdain for the overall look of the Transformers, but 
I can look past this and I'm starting to get used to it so I don't think it's going to bother me. Um, and the Transformers do look way better than the humans look because the humans are god-awful as far as the design goes for that. I'm sorry Derek J. Wyatt, but your humans are terrible. Um, and that may be the ugliest baby I've ever seen in an animated form, the one that they show in, in this series. The backgrounds, however, look great. The scenery looks great. Um, everything else looks great. So I, I'd put the backgrounds and the scenery at the top, then the alt modes, then the robot modes, then the humans, and then the ugly baby at the end. All right, well, let's get right into some of the more detailed thoughts on the show. I'm going to start with the lowlights because I'd like to end on a positive note. Um, the, the history video flashback that they start with looked absolutely great, and I wanted to love this, but they needed to not have this as part of the show. I understand that Transformers Animated is its own continuity, which I have a problem with already because... I don't understand why you always have to have new continuities in the, in the Transformers universe. But I understand that, and I'm fine with the fact that it's its own continuity. But if it's its own continuity, don't show a video that completely contradicts some of the stuff you're going to be showing. I mean, the flashback video is on Cybertron right before they make the journey and fall to Earth originally, and Optimus Prime would have been there. So you can't show this flashback and then make it seem like Optimus Prime was never there, didn't know anything about it, didn't know these people, etc., etc. It just brings up a whole bunch of continuity contradictions. So if you're going to be your own continuity, don't flashback to a separate continuity. It's just, it's just bad. Um, another low light, I really hope that they're not going to use the line Big Bot in reference to Optimus Prime throughout this whole series. I, I didn't have a problem with it in Beast Wars, but please don't call him Big Bot again. Please, 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 please. Um, as far as some of the actual storyline stuff, I, were they really spraying a huge bug monster thing with fire hoses? Are the humans really that retarded? Um, yeah. And where the Ark landed... It wasn't very deep or hidden. I mean, I know they say it was at the bottom of whatever, Lake Erie or whatever, but well, when they show it animated-wise in, in the actual animation, I'm not buying that the humans would have never found that or never seen that, but that's just a minor one. That's just me being picky. Much less of a problem with that than I have with this magic freaking key that Sari is wearing. What the freaking hell is that besides a fucking plot device thing that you can just use at will and they've already used it three freaking times in the first episode the magic key may ruin this entire series for me that is way too unicron trilogy-esque and it's gonna make me mad um just two other things is that Optimus Prime or Rodimus Prime? Because a few of those lines made it sound a lot more like Rodimus Prime, and I almost vomited in my mouth. The only other problem I have is the recycled writing here. The, the origin story is almost identical to all the other Transformers ones we've had. You have a battle or a war or, or some type of fight going on in space. You crash land on Earth. Um, you fight over, you know, we're fighting over a Matrix or an AllSpark. We're playing Keep Away With It. And then... How many times can we possibly play the whole Optimus Prime dies card? Really? The first freaking episode, we've already played it again. I think I've seen this five times in Transformers history. This is pathetic. Get some new writing. Write some creative stuff that hasn't been done already. Um, some things I'm on the fence about. Transformers getting tired and needing rests or naps. 
I don't remember ever seeing this before in Transformers history. I'm not saying I don't like it. I'm just not saying I like it yet. I'm still I'm still thinking about that one, so we'll see. And the other thing I'm on the fence about is the appearance of Black Arachnia. Now, I realize that this series, from what I've heard, is going to have all kinds of different uh, moments that we, you know, reference G1 or Beast Wars or, or this or that. Um, but really, Black Arachnia in with all these other people? I mean, I like the voice, I like the character, I like the look, but she shouldn't be with these other people. They didn't live at the same time. But I'm on the fence about it. I'll, I'll let it slide for now, since I know I'm going to have to deal with that and a bunch of other things. As far as highlights go, I love the interaction between the humans and the Transformers so far. I like that they're not trying to hide, that they're out there. The humans know they're there. Um, and the, the dialogue between, between each of them. And even though I diss the writing, the actual dialogue is not bad. The whole sprung a leak when Sari starts crying made me laugh. Um, the plane of Sari, as in being sorry about something, and Sari the name was fine. And I love uh, Starscream's line, probably my favorite line, um, about you can't deceive a Decepticon. Um, so some great dialogue in there. The weaponry was great. I loved the weaponry. Um, just some cool things going on there as far as throwing the circles, the, the disc as far as uh, Prowl goes. The other thing with uh, Bulk, but when he throws a thing out of his arm. So the weaponry was cool. And I liked the full circle of having them start by working on bridges in space and end by working on bridges in uh, on Earth. That was a cool little full, full circle moment. So, I don't know. So far, I'm kind of on the fence about a lot of things. There was a lot of things that drove me nuts, especially the Magic Key. But there's enough that I'm going to keep watching, obviously, and, and hopefully it'll go up from here. As far as like a first episode and an origin story and kind of a pilot, um, I've seen much better. So I'm going to give this one a rating of 4 out of 10. So this has been Optimus Solo, your Cybertronian correspondent, and we'll see you for the next episode. I got a vibe tells me I should be sitting in on this scene for a while. Now back to Transformation Animation Podcast. So thank you to the stranded Cybertronian correspondent, Kevin Optimus Solo Thompson. Uh, let's see. His thing about Optimus Prime and the G1 thing. The G1 little history vid thing was just an in-joke, as we've said earlier in this episode. And as we've also set out, this Optimus is supposed to be a younger Optimus. He's not the same character as in G1. Uh, what else do we need to respond to, to Kevin, to set the record straight? I liked um, his point about uh, sleeping. Yeah, that is a little weird. Yeah, several times they're like, oh, you gotta take a nap. And, you know, it, it's something that we're used to seeing in, like, Star Wars, where C-3PO is like, if you don't need me, I'll take a nap, and or I'll power down for a while. And <laughs> Luke says, sure, go ahead, and he <laughs> shuts down. But... You know, to have Ratchet wake up covered in parking tickets or parking tickets or parking stickers, 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 yeah. stickers, stickers. Uh, yeah, that seems a little strange. It also points out the need for a base or a, play, or a home where they can yeah. sleep without being ticketed. Yeah. Um, I agree with the key statement. Yeah, I think we can all agree with yeah. the key statement. I mean... The key's going to get old really fast. Sorry, someday. It's going to get old. World's, it is old. World's cutest MacGuffin. Yeah, it gets old before the end of this episode. Like, Sorry herself, I can deal with. She's up to the point where Animated was released. She's probably one of the better humans between the <laughs> end of G1 to now. You know, I mean... 
you know, she's no kicker, thank God. Well, she's uh, more of a female rad. Female <laughs> what? Hi, I'm rad. Let me tell you about the Transformers. Oh, God. <laughs> His name was Rad, in case, yeah. Yeah. Um... I, I kind of disagree with Kevin on Blitzwing's voice, as I said earlier. Um, yes, I know it is just an Arnold and Arnold impression for, for, but like you said, Michael, I like the interaction between the three personalities. Yeah. Um, so thank you to Kevin. Steve, did you want to, anything else you want to respond to Kevin's uh, little clip there? Um, I disagree with his comment about Prime. Granted, it was different to to hear that right off the bat being that you'd normally you know would expect yeah you'd expect peter cullen or gary chalk being that those were the only two pretty much that actually made a uh freaking difference between uh the original and now yeah but i thought it was a nice touch because you know like you said he's a green leader he's brand new it's it's just it adds to the young feel of him. Yeah, and as a first time viewer, Kevin might not know that later on in the series they explain how he ended up in that position and the right. fact that he he is a hero. Right, and and they and Kevin might not also know because he has never watched the series about Black Arachnia where. It's not just them inserting Black Arachnia from Beast Wars as a reference. It is, you, you know, that has a whole other character right. arc in this series. She's not That's... just a Beast Wars reference. She's a G1 right. reference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll get to love it. Um, what I will say about Transformers Animated, they truly created their own Cybertronian culture. I mean, if you look at it on a whole, and I'm sure we'll do this once we get to the end of the podcast, but if you look at it on a whole, everything in this series, it it's a reference to most stuff. Some stuff is there's a lot of references, but it's not just references. There there are reasonings within this continuity for what happens. Right. It was very well thought out. Yeah, it was so very well thought out. So thank you for joining us here on Transformation Animation Podcast. There are some ways to get in contact with us or leave feedback for the show. Visit the website, geekcastradio.com. You can comment on each episode post. We've had to go to a login thing for comments now because of uh, a few people just spamming random posts for, for comments. And it's not spam like, oh, you know, visit my site, blah. It's, yeah. Uh, Leave the show feedback in iTunes. Transformation Animation Podcast is in iTunes now, uh, so you can leave feedback over there. You can follow us on Twitter. The short name there is TFA Podcast. Mine is TFG1 Mike. Michael, what is your Twitter? PeconCT Michael. Steve? SCP21. Become a fan on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Radio Network. We are now up to 239 fans. Thank you so much. You can call the voicemail line. Tell us to show you're leaving the message for and your name, screen name, whatever you want to use. It's 502-526-5821. Join the voicemail. No. No. Join the voicemail. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> I feel like Carvin. Fuck you guys. You guys. Yeah. I'm going home. <laughs> He's already there. Uh, yeah.
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Transformation Animation Podcast. I wish you will join us next time. We'll be reviewing three more episodes from Transformers Animated Season 1. Those being Home is Where the Spark is, Total Meltdown, and Blast from the Past. For now, I am TFG and Mike with... Michael Wilson. And Steve Megatron Phillips. We'll tap you again next week. And for the first couple weeks, we are going to go weekly. Uh, we do. Uh, I do have a plan. I want to try it out and see how the weekly goes. If we need more time, we'll go to bi-weekly. But next week, we have a super special surprise. Uh, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to anyway. Next boo. week. Shut up. What do you mean, boo? You're the one. No, that... I said no. Don't tell them. Oh. It's our little secret. Fine. <laughs> Although, if they wanted a hint, all they'd have to do is go to the uh, featured guest page and then uh, yeah, put two and two together to figure out uh, who's still missing the actual link to their interview. Yes, exactly. Well, actually, there's two people, but that's another topic for another show. Anyway, uh, but yes, uh, next week we will have a super awesome interview along with recording episode two of TAPS, so we will see you then. TAPS. I was just waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs>